You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you doing today? Oh, hope you're alive. Uh, you know, kind of a slow day here. Been raining and kind of dreary. Been that way really for the last like week and a half, two weeks or so. We've had like one or two days of sunshine and even then it's been cloudy. So yeah, I hear you. It's uh, it's been that way here today. It's real cloudy and it's cold. It's rainy. Well, it's not really cold, but it's just it's one of those it's one of those annoying kind of days. You know what I mean? Where it's like all gloomy and yeah. But I mean, you need the rain. I get it. You know, it's it's time to get the crops in the ground if you haven't already. So I mean, you, you got here. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's holding out before the hundred degree weather hits. <laughs> that and there's usually by the time that it starts raining or something, then all of a sudden the temperature just drops down and it's almost freezing. There's usually a tornado that's going to rip through there well uh to be fair it's usually if okay so if a rainstorm comes in and it's still really hot and humid you're in the danger zone if you can feel feel that sudden shift in temperature going from hot to cold you're good because once it goes cold like that um that's usually it, it it's the chances of having a, a tornado are, are greatly diminished in fact it's almost impossible so but you know it's 54 degrees right now for may that's that's pretty good usually may we're seeing like you know 80 90 degree temperatures i remember back when i was you know a kid still going to school may would hit and i i remember you know you go out to recess and whatnot it was hot yeah that was global warming you know man-made climate change and and all the rest of it yeah yeah global global warming well i guess it, it technically was global warming 15 some years ago yeah, yeah. This is breaking. Uh, you know how Disney's been going woke lately and they were going to start doing all of that uh, uh, anti, like, critical race theory, but for Disney, mm-hmm. for the corporate thing? It's interesting. Uh, they just removed their entire anti-racism program from their company's internal portal. It's all gone. Yeah. It's like it never happened. Um, kind of like there was a bit of... Um I don't know, anger from the viewer and, and whatnot. So Yeah, did you lose some of those Disney Plus memberships, maybe? Just, could have. just maybe. Is your well, is your park tourism down now because of your stance on this ridiculous uh, agenda that's being pushed to socially engineer people? Is that is that what it is? I, I think so. Maybe. Yeah, it might have something to do with it. I mean they they this is I have difficulty believing they don't know what they're doing when it comes to uh, making movies. I know you're not a huge fan in, in the, the hero world, but the the Marvel movies, those are. OK. All right. I, just, Americana. Yeah. Just to say, OK, one, I have an exception to that. And the exception I have were the latest Batman movies. I'm not talking about like Batman versus Superman, but the ones that were made by Christopher Nolan with Christian Bale. And where Heath Ledger played the Joker, those were, without a doubt, those were really, really well done. Uh, Now, I'm not into like the whole, you know, superhero lore Mm -hmm. of all that stuff, but they were really well done. And to be honest, 
if you look at the way that those movies were made, as far as like the hero and the villain and the agendas and everything, you can relate a lot of what went on in those movies to the things we see in life now, in politics and, and all the rest of it. You can relate that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that's DC, but uh, it's a good example of, uh, you know, some some good hero movies, if you will. Thanks for um, pointing that out. Last time I was saying something about that to somebody else, he said, you have no idea, do you? And I was like, what are you talking about? He says, that's DC. I'm like, what? <laughs> OK, <laughs> I'm, I'm not one like I I like both. That's the thing is I don't have any beef like any kind of competitiveness between the the Marvel and and DC universes. I mean they're they're to each their own is basically what it boils down to. But uh, comparing like the new Marvel movies and everything, there's bits in there like they don't do the racism, they don't do the gender bi- non-binary whatever. I mean they don't do all that nonsense in there. They, they make a pretty good movies and some good moral lessons in there generally speaking it's not really identity politics per se though there was a bit of it you know with some of the characters and on on the outside the 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 marvel universe but when you actually get into the movies and watch the movies there's not really much there as far as identity politics and it 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 kind of hits on the classic americana feel uh, many times, especially Captain America, that that whole character is Americana, like the 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 way they portrayed him. They did a really good job with um, keeping true to those characters in a, in a sense. Where's Captain Globalist? Can, can we have Captain Globalist? Can we have Captain? We, we had uh, that. Captain Schwab. Can we have him? We, we did have kind of. Do you remember the um, God? What was that sh- cartoon back in the day? Captain Planet. Uh, Captain Planet. That's right. Yeah. That, that there's your uh your Captain woke. global yeah Captain. There, there's your woke yeah, yeah. well we kind of need a superhero on the east coast of the united states don't we yeah or i don't know maybe just normal people using their brains and and not leaving yourself vulnerable to you know kind of kind of like they were leaving their ass hanging out i look at this as a as a standpoint of okay so you have <clears throat> russian hackers that have taken who could have seen this one coming that have taken control of an oil pipeline okay critical infrastructure in the united states first and foremost why were security checks not run on that system that's what i want to know second second if we are that vulnerable in that kind of a situation let's just say for a second that this is a a genuine thing as in russian hackers personally because of my own stance of everything we see with um well quite frankly uh, the world economic forum they're telling us that they're going to do precisely this so I don't chalk this up to uh, Russian ransomware hackers, not for one second, not for one second, because now you have the eastern part of the U.S. out of oil, don't you? Oh, well, the Europeans just so happen to have six tankers chartered ready to send over. Where do you think they get that gasoline? They get it from Russia. They get it from Libya. They get it from Iran. That's where they get Middle it. East. Europeans don't have any oil. That's where they get it. So it's a it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. It, this is this is so obvious to anybody that's looking and paying attention. But my question is, is if the infrastructure in this regard is so fragile and so vulnerable and they can't protect this, what in the hell makes you think that they're going to be able to protect a power grid that is 100 percent dependent on electric vehicles? To it's be fair, on, it, it is a good question. To be fair, when you were talking about the hacking and whatnot, one of the ways that they do that. For starters, do you think that it was that, that it's a legit Russian ransomware hackers? Or do you think there's something more sinister behind it? Legit. Uh, well, OK, the media is reporting it's just Eastern Bloc. 
uh, they're not saying that specifically it was Russia. That's what the media is saying. But to that effect, we have billionaires that are saying the next pandemic is going to be a cyber warfare. Yeah, and I've it's going to be far clip. worse than COVID. Yeah, we'll play it here in just a few minutes. Go ahead, make your point. I'll, I'll get that queued up. Go ahead. Yeah, there was that big Facebook breach here recently, and it had tons of data in there. Now, if you're a bit of a dumbass, you're going to be using the same password for Facebook and for your business login. And yes, if you're a listener and you have it the same, you're dumbass. You don't do that. You do not do that. You, in fact, you don't use the same password for two, two things. Like you need to come up with a formula to unless, have like... Unless you have two-factor authentication. If you have two-factor authentication, which you can verify with a token that rotates every 90 seconds, then you can Even then. It. Even that you can do it, but even then, I would recommend you don't do it um, because there's ways to, to uh, get around that as well. What happens if somebody gets a hold of your, for example, email address? They can go in and say, "Oh, uh, I, I I forgot uh, my password or something," and they can fair reset point. all the two pa the the fair two factor point. two factor authentication. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Yeah. So I recommend you come up with the first part of your password can be uniform across all platforms. And then change uh, uh, the last part of your password based on the site you're visiting or, or something like that. So then it's a different password each time and it helps you remember uh, the password. Usually you, if, if you do use that procedure and you forget the password, usually within three tries, you'll, you'll figure it out. That said, the, the Facebook breach could have resulted in one of the employees that worked there uh, at the, um, what is it, Colonial Pipeline? Uh, or, or whatever, uh, their login information could have been the same. Or for that matter, it could have just been data that Facebook skimmed. And, you know, they logged into Facebook at their work PC and it, it logged the keystrokes. I mean, that that's a possibility as well. All that said, they probably got that information from there and used that to log in to the system. So it may not have been a breach in the sense of they had vulnerabilities and they just backdoored it. But according to the company, it wasn't like they didn't actually get control of the pipeline. They got control of systems uh, involving the pipeline. They weren't able to shut the pipeline down uh, through the systems. But to be safe, uh, the, the company shut down the pipeline. Now, uh, I get when you're when you're messing with oil and, and volatile materials like that, you, you want to be extra careful. But it kind of says to me that uh, it might be a lot worse than what they're saying. I have that clip here of uh, dear old Klaus talking about. Now, mind you, he said this last July. So we're coming up on a year and they they they've beat this dead horse as far as they it, I mean, they, they've been beating this thing to death in the town square with maggots falling off of it. That's how much of a dead horse this is uh, that I mentioned last week. This COVID thing, they can't continue with it much longer. They've got to rapidly change uh, and full scale kinetic war isn't going to do it. Not yet. Not yet. I think that they're cooking that up if this fails. But the next thing is going to be a cyber pandemic. And we told you about that how long ago? How long have we been saying that? That's going to be the next thing. They're going to do it. They're telling you. We're not We're not sitting here looking at a crystal ball. We're listening to what they're saying. They're saying it. They're telling you exactly what they're going to do. We were saying the cyber pandemic, a possible EMP, things like that. We were talking about that in the very beginning. Like some of yeah. our first podcasts were talking about that before we knew about Klaus Schwab and them. Yeah. So we've been talking about this since the, the very early days of this. And social credit, which is where this is headed. And social credit. Yeah. All right. Here's Klaus. Here's dear old Klaus 
Uh, and he was, like I said, he said this last year. And I was talking to somebody else earlier this week. I said, nuclear war is not going to be that. Believe me, that's in the cards. That's how sick and crazy these people are if you don't stop them. But kinetic war is not in the cards for these people just yet. Just yet. That is something to be played if they need to. I think that's their ace in the hole, if you will. But this is going to be their next play because they need to seize control of everything. They need to centralize the internet because there's so many things involved here. It's not just a supply line. It's not just the economies. They've got to get control of the financial system as well. And that's all online. They've got to get control of that. They've got to shut it down. Cryptocurrencies included. Cryptocurrencies passed the US dollars in circulation on Saturday. Not word one in the media about that. That's huge. That's huge. But now they need to take control of the internet to keep everybody safe, right? Sure. Yeah. Here's Klaus. Listen to this. But still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. To use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity to reflect on the lessons the cybersecurity community can draw and improve our preparedness for a potential cyber pandemic. Now, I'm asking the question, is he or is he not telling you exactly what they're going to do? I mean, after seeing you go back and look at the stuff he was talking about before the pandemic happened and some of the war games they were playing and it's all they were and telegraphing everything that we're going to do then. Yes. And Cyber Polygon is coming up yeah. in July. Yeah. And what happens and it, when these people run a war game? What happens? They always pull it <laughs> a few months after. Just coincidentally, these things just happen right after they run a war game on it. Yeah, that's that's been the trend so far. So um, if, if this trend stays true, um, what we've seen was just a taste. The other issue with them coming out like this and, and saying, hey, it's going to be a you know cyber pandemic now and all that. Whether or not they're the ones affecting it, they're the ones actually going and hiring people to do it or having people do it. It doesn't matter. At the same time, they're saying, uh, hey, look, on the world stage, there is a severe weakness in, in the cybersecurity world. You guys should go and hack stuff and you can affect change if you go and hack stuff. Global warming, you want you want that to be under control? Uh, go go hack stuff and shut stuff down. Cause a disruption there. Uh, you want society to be better so that we can, you know, engineer uh, everyone to to you know, engineer a better society go 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 hack those systems and and cause disruption and and troubles it's almost what it it seems like this is he's saying it, if a conservative were to come out and say this in america like donald trump for example and he came out and warned that the media would be in an uproar saying oh, he's, Every, yeah, everywhere he's calling for it and like he's it, look look he's it he's in with the russian hackers you see it he said it right there he said it that's what they'd be doing yep. with the media and their agenda. That's exactly what they would be saying is that right there. And this guy doesn't get any coverage on the mainstream media. In fact, we have major right well-known leftists. Don't They go there and have speeches and they don't even talk about it. They just, OK, yeah, it's fine. Mm -hmm. that, that right there. I'm sorry. I mean to, to jump in there on you, but that right there. 
that clip that I just played, why is that not being played on every news network around the Western world? Why is that not being played? I guarantee you that should be on every news network across the United States saying, who the hell is this guy that's saying that? Maybe he's the one that's possibly responsible for what we're seeing. Maybe. I mean, it would be one thing if he was out there saying, hey, look, there's a problem in uh, the cybersecurity world. Um, I'm throwing billions of dollars behind uh, research and development, and we're going to produce something to help countries or businesses or whatnot. Like if he was actually out there doing something and actually had a company that was legitimately going out and helping with cybersecurity and helping create systems to uh, increase security. Well, that's, that, that's one thing. Polygon is. That's what it's that's what they claim it's for is that well well we haven't seen any evidence of them <laughs> making it better yeah right and on top of that this guy is the one who wrote the book COVID-19 and the Great Reset and he's the one telling you you're going to eat uh, in Marty's words you're going to eat pawn scum <laughs> yeah. yeah you're going to eat bugs and and worms I mean do you know how disgusting and and evil these people really are. Like this, this is what we're up against. This is what we're dealing with. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that 90% of people, I'm sorry to say, 90% of people all across the Western world probably have no idea who that guy or his group of cohorts even are. Yeah, they, I, they don't. I, I can talk to, uh, well, some of my uh, circle actually knows because they either listen to the podcast or they have to listen to me, one of the two. Um, but if I, if I expand that circle podcast. out... They get more than a podcast, yeah. don't they? <laughs> they do, actually. Yeah, I, I actually feel sorry for my immediate family because not only do they get the podcast if they listen to it, they get it from me as well. Uncensored. So family get-togethers <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, well, no, not not necessarily. A lot of my family are, are religious, so I censor there. Um, Fair enough. They, they don't get the unfiltered me, but... No, but I mean, you can like cut loose is what I mean, as in like... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely cut loose. There's topics I'll talk about in person that I won't talk about here just because it, it, it's not it's not encouraging. It's very dark. And I, I don't want people to be, you know, I, I don't want to make it seem like there is no hope. There is no hope. <laughs> for those for those that don't know, Bruce is the is the uh, the token catastrophist on the podcast. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit uh, a bit pessimistic on on the outcomes of things. I mean, you know, when when we have difficulty deciding what our gender is and we have difficulty with transgenderism and, and whether or not, you know, a, a male should play in a female sports and, and we have issues with abortion and, and, you know, it's, it's okay to million, uh, murder millions of, of human beings. Um, I'm, you know, I, I kind of have a, I have difficulty saying our, our civilization is going to pull out of its um, downward spiral. Well, when you put it that way, uh, it's a fair point you bring up back to this issue. So I got people telling me right now, all the way from Florida, all the way up through into New York and up into New England, they're telling me that stations are running out of, of petrol, out of, they're running out of fuel. People are out trying to fill up their cars now. And there are, I mean, I've seen some of the videos. I don't know if you've seen them, but there are long lines of people that are getting gas, uh, trying to fill up whatever they got. And I, I guess... Like I said, what what makes you think for one second, what makes you think that an electric vehicle is going to fix this problem? Because that's what they're trying to do. You know, I had mentioned, uh, what was it? When they when they first started talking about the vaccine passports, when they said, no, there's no plans to bring those in. When I said, that's when you're going to get them. When the government started saying, we have no plans to bring in vaccine passports, I said, OK, that's they're, they're really going to do it. So they just put it out saying, no, we're not going to do these. So it stops any opposition. So it gives them time to build it and get that system in place and then spring it on you at the last minute and say, oh, yeah, well, we, we looked at the data and, and here it is. And this is what you got to take. Surprise. But what did I say? 
Yeah, surprise. The German government actually said that. Surprise! Everyone gets an AstraZeneca vaccine for free. <laughs> the one you told everybody not to take, you, you actually shut it down. And by the way, the EU just ordered 120 million more doses of AstraZeneca. They're doubling down. They're, they're doubling down again. Unbelievable, these people. Anyway, but what did I say? I said, you think that you're going to go out and you're going to get a vaccine or, or whatever this, th this damn thing is. You're going to go get this. They're going to give you this vaccine passport and you're going to get to travel, right? They're not going to let you travel. They're not going to let you go anywhere. You're not hearing me. Do you remember I told you a few weeks ago, Bruce, privately off the podcast, I said, there's probably going to be an oil shortage. Miraculously, it's just going to pop up somewhere and it's going to shut down travel. Here it is. Here it is. I had actually remembered earlier today that I told you that a couple of weeks ago. I said, there's going to be an oil shortage or there's going to be some kind of a disruption where people aren't going to be able to go anywhere. They're not going to let you travel. Uh, they want to end not, not, travel. Not just oil shortage, but we're also having uh, turmoil in the Middle East again. Oh, yes. Uh, Israel and Gaza. Well, uh, not just not just that, but that if you pull up the oil stuff and you start having problems on the home front with oil, well, who's the other major supplier? Oh, look at yeah. that. Uh, it's the Middle East. We, we have to go over there and start getting oil again and then throw us back into war and say, oh, mm -hmm. uh, we can't pull the troops out just yet. We have to make sure these oil and gas lines and everything, you know, the, the crude oil is safe and it, it pulls it right back into the, the we classic. Get our own oil like we were doing under Donald Trump. We, we can't. Well, do no, that. no, we can't do that because um, uh, climate change and our emissions, we have to reduce our emissions. Right. So, you know, it, it, it damages the habitats of those locations. So we can't we can't drill for oil there. I'm curious, since since we've had this this issue right here, I mean, don't you think that the person that maybe invented the uh, Microsoft Windows, don't you think that he might know something about the uh, the online computer system? Maybe we should call him. And uh, and ask where he is on this, and and maybe um, maybe we can get him to come in and help, possibly, uh, Mr. Gates. Maybe I I don't know. That's just a, I, because he's been so outspoken on everything else. He's nowhere to be found on this one. Nowhere. He, well, oh, he must be tied up kind of with the. Yeah, yeah he's tied divorce. up with the divorce. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. Gas stations in multiple U.S. states ran out of gas on Monday after hackers attacked a pipeline that runs from Texas to New Jersey. New Jersey. It was not Delaware. It was New Jersey. Stations in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia were out of fuel after customers rushed to fill vaccines. <laughs> We've been talking about it so much. I actually just, I almost said it. Rushed to fill vaccines. Yeah. Rushed to fill vehicles following the hack of the Colonial Pipeline. Approximately 7% of stations in Virginia had run out of gas as of 11 p.m. Central Time on Monday. Uh, Patrick DeHaan, an analyst with GasBuddy, I guess that's one of those apps or whatever you get over there, uh, which lists prices and availability in U.S., Canada, and Australian stations said on Twitter. At the same time, over 2% of stations in North Carolina, about 1.5% of stations in Georgia and Florida, and 0.5% of stations in South Carolina had no gas. A small portion of stations in Alabama also ran out of fuel. Bags covered pumps at stations across Pensacola in northwest Florida on Monday, while stations that still had gas saw long lines of drivers waiting to fill their gas tanks. I remember something like this around 9-11. This was exactly what happened right after that. I was 18 years old. At the end of the evening, people were rushing to get to the fuel stations. They didn't do it during the day because everybody was watching what was going on. But when it got dark on the East Coast and you couldn't show everything that was going on in Manhattan anymore, then they started pushing the hype on, on gasoline. So everybody ran out and got gas. And you know what? They jacked the prices up like you wouldn't believe. I remember it went to like $5 a gallon that night. And it was just, it was stupid. I mean, people, I sat in line. I had to drive out of town. The entire town I lived in was out 
all the stations were out. And somebody called me and said on my, I actually had a digital cell phone at that time, if you can believe it, one of the first. And they called me and said, you need to go out and fill your car up. And I said, well, what's, you know, what's the deal? And they said, well, all the stations downtown, and there were four stations, all the stations downtown are out. And the stations that are outside of town, which I had to drive like 20 minutes to get to, those were already at like three and $4 a gallon. So when I got there, I had to wait in line. I was in line on the freeway, on the freeway for two hours. <laughs> for two hours, I sat there and you just had to take whatever, whatever pump you could get. Right. I mean, it was whatever you could get. It was like people were like backing in and, and bringing like two, three cars and they had like a line of cars or whatever. And it was just it was crazy. It was crazy. And this is the same thing. I saw the lines of people today. It's insane. It's insane. But what do you, what do you think it, it, this is going to do to the supply line? I mean, it's already it's already hurt as it is now. What do you think this is going to do? Not only like you want to know how effective propaganda is here in the U.S. Um, there you go, because we don't really know how bad this was going to be. This could have they, they could have shut down the pipeline just for a day or two. And they're like, yeah, OK, everything's good. We're back up and running. And you would have seen no real hiccups. What was that number of, of gas stations that were running out of gas? A fairly small percentage. Yeah. Five percent or less. This is actually uh, let me see at the same time. Two percent of stations in North Carolina. That's just in one state. Uh, mm -hmm. One and a half percent. Yeah. One and a half percent in Georgia and Florida and a half a percent mm -hmm. in South Carolina. That's it. So so they're they're ginning up hysteria over COVID-19 numbers for gas. Yes. Basically. Um, and in fact, well, I mean, granted, it, the gas stations are being out. Actually, I don't know how many gas stations there are, so that that number could actually be. Anyway, well, safe uh, my to say, point I mean, was safe to say. I mean, there's a there's a significant amount. I'm not being facetious when I say that. I mean, especially when you start getting down south, all the travelers there's gas at every damn exit yeah. when you get down yeah. there. Not only every exit, but like uh, you'll have gas stations across the street from one another. I mean, yeah, with gas competing prices are, are really common. Yeah, yeah. So, but at the same. I, what I'm getting at is I wonder if this the hysteria around this and the media saying, oh, there's going to be a gas shortage, blah, blah, blah. And so people are like, well, I guess I got to go get gas. So now you prepare you you have perpetuated that shortage. You, you've caused it now because of the hysteria. It's kind of like the toilet paper, kind of like the, the paper towels and the cleaning supplies. Oh, you know, COVID-19. Oh, it's it's staying on surfaces for up to two weeks. And oh, you, you need to clean surfaces and clean your hands and and and. And then we started having shortages. Yeah, I, I, I at first, you know, I thought before COVID-19, I was under the impression that commercials, propaganda, all the stuff, they're all the same category of thing. Right. Uh, they're all propaganda in, in their own right. I thought eh, the American people are pretty immune to propaganda. We've been so inundated with propaganda. Well, that last year has proved me wrong. Boy, was I wrong. But whew. America, you you are easily manipulated. And the market, you're easily, the market, you, you, you see how controlled it is. I mean, one uh, story about some uh, major event that may have not been major at all, it could have been just a little hiccup, and you've completely shifted the market for oil and gas. I'm really curious if this is a opportunistic moment, or if this is another like flex to the uh, corporations to be like, you see, uh, we, we have a little bit more control over things than you think. You better get in line. It's like the mafia, you know, uh, oh, something yeah. happened like like you go against the mafia and the mafia is like, hmm, 
let's show you that uh, we can get to your family. You're not as as uh, protected as you think. And you just have, you know, some guy show up in your daughter's apartment or something. Mafia. I mean, kind of similar situation here, right? Uh, I mean, you could interpret it that way. I don't know that that's actually the case, but I don't know. Kind of, kind of. You you have a billionaire that's saying we're going to take over the world and and um, take everything you got. Saying how and take everything you got, yeah. And, and then he's saying there's going to be a <laughs> yeah. And, and then they're saying there's going to be a cyber pandemic. And then oh, what's that? We actually had a cyber attack, and it's causing um, gas shortages, which I would say the media is probably causing the shortage, mm-hmm. not the yeah actual yeah. event. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that are actually doing that, I would argue. But uh, yeah, uh, by the way, I'm just looking at some video here. Uh, somebody beamed this on. Somebody rented one of those uh, big projectors last night. Somebody beamed this onto the side of a hospital in the UK. The medical dictatorship is killing humanity up onto the side of a hospital. I would hope that those hospitals, it wasn't on like uh, the side with all the windows. Cause, no, um, no, it was it was brick. No, it was okay. solid brick it was all the way brick. to the side. Okay, yeah. Because that um, if you've the projectors can actually blind you if you yeah. look into uh, it. I'm also looking at a uh, an Indian hospital that is I mean, they've converted this entire area into this giant like COVID place with all these beds and everything, kinda like what we saw here. And um I mean they are just they are working so hard to deal with all these patients. I mean, do you know what they're doing? Do you know what they're doing? It's amazing. It's amazing. They're all masked up and everything. They're not wearing any PPE other than masks. They're playing poker on the beds. I was going to say they're they're either they're they're either um getting their freak on, uh, but then you wouldn't see TikTok videos of that or they're dancing. Yeah, like there's not any patients whatsoever. There's well, I mean so, some people are wearing masks, others are not. And they're dealing the cards and some of them got their feet up and, and they're just sitting back watching. And yeah, yeah, that's, that's what's going on there. Yeah. Um, hmm. Anyway. All right. Yes, that is the uh, the gas shortage. And uh, yeah, that's what's going on in India. All right. Let's let's talk about Maricopa County. I wanted to talk about this yesterday, but Marty was on. So we just kind of stuck with whatever we were going to talk about with uh, with him. But let's talk about Maricopa County. Are you following anything that's going on down there? No, I haven't seen much on that. OK, be honest. Well, right when now, we get done here, I've. Got other projects that I end up working okay. on. All right. Well, what they're what they're doing right now is they're trying to get the the auditors and the the investigators. They're trying to get them to turn over. They're trying to get Maricopa County to turn over the routers. But Maricopa County, the sheriff down there, who by the way is not Arpaio, it's been turned into a a Soros picked person. Gee, I wonder why. Mm. He says no. There's no way we can turn over those routers uh, for fear of. Uh, public data release or, or whatever it is. Uh, we, we can't do that. But here's the thing. I was under the impression, and maybe I'm wrong here, I was under the impression that weren't we told that these Dominion machines, weren't we told that they didn't have access to the internet anyway? Well, if they don't, yeah. then why, why is... Now, I'm not a genius when it comes to auditing uh, voting equipment or anything like that. I don't know the first thing about it. But if you're asking for routers that contain data that pertain to the voting machines that you say can't be connected to the internet, well, then you shouldn't have a problem with that, should you? I mean, theoretically, you shouldn't. But um, we all know that can't connect to the internet, even though it has an Ethernet port. We all know it can connect to the internet. Uh-huh. And I, I want to know what's on those routers. That's what I want to know. But they're blocking that. So there's a standoff in Arizona's ongoing audit. They've got about 13% that's been audited right now. And right now, here's what they're finding out. The Biden administration has now sent the Justice Department down there to try and stop this. The Justice Department is doing their usual blowing their hot air around saying anybody that's caught going out canvassing uh, any of these uh, these ballot locations is going to face legal repercussions or whatever. Yeah, whatever. But what they're finding is is that when they go to a certain residence, 
that had eight votes, there's one person living there or there's a vacant lot. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what they're finding. Uh, but about 13 percent have been audited right now. And so th- they're the hold up right now is they want these routers. They want these these turned over. They've got the subpoenas, but they won't turn them over. Maricopa County won't turn them over. So you have a legal obligation to turn that stuff over. Just saying. A standoff occurring in Arizona's ongoing audit of the 2020 election may be resolved by the interpretation and enforcement of uh, state judges' February ruling that greenlit the audit itself in the first place. So here's the deal now. Maricopa County, the state's largest county uh, and the subject of the court-approved audit, announced this week that it would refuse to surrender numerous routers included as part of a subpoena. You hear that? Part of a subpoena. You've been ordered to turn those over. You cannot withhold them. Now they're saying mm-hmm. that this is this is Senate Republicans that are doing this. So just just to put this into perspective, if there was a subpoena and you were required to hand over information and you refused to hand over information, you as the commoner would have your door kicked in and you would be held at gunpoint as they take the things from you. And you would be in jail pending trial without bail. Yep. So uh, the, a bit of a difference there. That's how the average. Oh man, this 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 kind of stuff pisses me off when I'm I, I get frustrated with the American people as a whole because you, the American people, us, we're supposed to be the ones that holds the government in check. You're the one that's guaranteed the Second Amendment, not the military, not the law enforcement. You, you are supposed to be uh, ensuring that the government doesn't overstep its bounds. That's true. Senate Republicans in their subpoena demanded access to all county-owned routers. Now, here's the thing. The people that have these routers, the people that were the election uh, administrators, whatever you want to call it, the people that ran the polling stations and all the rest of it, they say that they don't have the admin passwords to get into them. So let me get this straight. You're running an election. You're supposed to oversee an election in your county, and you don't have administrator access to the hardware that's supposed to be managing the election? Shouldn't that tell you something? I mean, to be fair, it'd be pretty easy to acquire it. I mean, as many backdoors as that system has, uh, according to the manual, right? The manual tells you that. They can figure it out without the admin password. They can get in there. It's not a problem. And if anything, they can um, clone the drives and get the information off of there that way. But mm-hmm. Or see what information has been deleted. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the other thing, you can see where the information has traveled. If they're not connected to the internet, it should be a pretty quick tracing. Uh, I'll tell you what's happened here. I'll tell you what's happened here. Beijing thought that they could steal the White House for eight years. And now those chickens are coming home to roost. That didn't take long. That didn't take long. That would be my guess at this point as to what's going on. I'm sure there's a lot more that's involved with this. I mean, we know that there's been arrests made in Italy over this as well. And we know that somehow or another, other European allies, as we say, are involved. So anyway, all right, what's on these routers that they're so concerned about? Maricopa County officials responded this week by claiming that the routers used by the county to handle election data also serve dozens of other departments, with some of the data constituting a potential major security risk for both state and federal agencies. The routers include critical law enforcement data that by law cannot be disclosed, as well as Maricopa County residents' protected health information and full social security numbers. So why exactly is that information on those routers uh, exactly? Why do you have all that information going through a centralized, wow, have we not learned lessons? Uh, and uh, you, we've talked about how terrible the government is, right, with um, business practices and their efficiency and everything. 
um, I don't know, having a centralized system, uh, especially in the cyber world, having everything stored on one system is a bonehead idea, to quote um, uh-huh. Biden there. Uh-huh. You, you don't put everything on the same system. That, that's one of the reasons blockchain is so secure now, is because it's spread out across the world on different systems. And it makes it very difficult to hack anything. Why, why are we not doing those kind of things for this? Why don't you have a, a system for voting? Why don't you have a system for the, the police records? Why don't you have a system for whatever the, the, the uh, other information you're storing on there? Why isn't it spread out? You, why do you have it going through the same point? It, it, they say. Uh, it, it almost seems like they're, um, yeah, they're hiding it, it, it on purpose. They're just yeah. they're they're given runarounds and and that's all they're doing. Yeah, they say if real time access was given to the routers in production, it's possible that some traffic going through them could be visible, which includes law enforcement. And these are critical systems behind multiple layers of protection, and access is severely limited to them. Providing county level routers is extremely dangerous, as it would provide a mapping of how the county network is connected. Well, that's the idea here, isn't it? <laughs> Addresses of critical internal assets, router system configuration. That's what we want to see right there. And the ability to administrate to see administrative usernames and possibly passwords. Now, in February, the judge that issued that subpoena said that confidential material was responsive to the subpoena, meaning anyone who examines those things under forensic audit cannot disclose any of that information and all information that is not pertinent to the investigation within the subpoena is not to be disclosed or used. That's what confidential material being responsive in a subpoena actually means. Believe me, I know I've, I've had subpoenas that I've, uh, that I've worked before through the court system to investigate a certain thing. Well, sometimes it's a broad sword. You don't get a surgical scalpel every time you need something. You have enough to put through, you get a subpoena, you get it turned over, you can examine it, you can only talk about the things that you have in there. For example, if you're working a, I never actually worked one of these per se. Um, Okay, I'll put it this way. I never worked strictly a wiretap case. There were cases I worked on with wiretaps involved, but nothing involving strictly a wiretap case. If you work a wiretap case, then it applies the same way as it would where you work a case that also includes a wiretap. So you have to do it the same both ways. You get all kinds of garbage in a phone call to somebody from one party to another. You get all kinds of non-pertinent, right? You can label them pertinent or non-pertinent, right? You get all kinds of things that, that don't matter. You listen to a phone call. You can't listen to the entire call. I mean, you can, but only part of that call is going to be admissible, at least in the cases you work. You have to be able to explain why you're listening to that call and for a certain period of time. They have to click off after a certain period of time if nothing is discussed that's relevant to your case. So if you're listening to a call and they're going on for five minutes, but your warrant or your subpoena only says you can only listen for 90 seconds. Of course, the, the two parties don't know that. Only you know that. It's your case. That information is confidential. So if you're listening to the call for 90 seconds and they don't talk about anything, you have to click off. You can't listen any longer. But if you continue to listen anyway and they start talking after four or five minutes about things that pertain to your case, you can't use it because you have to explain why you were on that call longer than 90 seconds when nothing before that pertained past what your subpoena said you could do. It's the same concept here. You see all kinds of other stuff. I'm just relating this to, to cases that I've worked before. You see all kinds of other stuff that's irrelevant to what you're after. But if you have the ability to go in there under court order and get the information you need, you can dismiss the rest of it. You don't need any of the rest of that information. They're just giving you the spin game. That's all they're doing. 
They don't want you to know what's on those routers. They don't want the American people to know what's on those routers. They don't care about any of the rest of the stuff. They know that none of that stuff's going to get compromised. But instead, they're just giving you the runaround. And that's going to be the holdup. Everything now is just deflect and get more time. Just deflect, deflect, deflect. That's all they're doing right now is they're being told to maintain. It's just like everything else. You get to the bottom of what happened in Arizona. Then you can figure out what happened in Michigan, right? Isn't that where they're going next? Michigan? Michigan started an audit. Then you can figure out what happened in Georgia. Then you can figure out what happened in Pennsylvania. Then you can figure out what happened in Wisconsin. Then you can figure out what happened in Minnesota. All those key states. One falls, they all fall. You get to the bottom of November 3rd, you can get to the bottom of what happened in Wuhan. We'll talk about Dr. Anthony Fauci here in just a minute. Rand Paul got a hold of him in a, in a Q&A in the Senate. We'll talk about that in a minute, but go ahead. If they're being effective at their criminaling when it comes to the uh, the election fraud, if they're being thorough, uh, which <laughs> government being effective and thorough, <laughs> uh, but let's say they are, you won't find anything on those routers. You won't find anything on those. In fact, um, I'm I'm wondering if they're concerned. If there's so much data going through those routers, that's uh, sensitive data. Now I'm curious. What exactly are you sending through there that you don't want to be seen? It it it, it almost. I mean. The, the the more you look at this and the more you question it, then the more you realize that there's questions that are left unanswered and, and possible reasons, reasonings. And it's kind of like, what else are you hiding? Is there something else here that um, is there more going on here than what's being, uh, you know, revealed? So even if they uh, even if they find something in the in these routers in Arizona uh, with Whitmer, the way she's been, the authoritarian she's been and. Um, the, the, well, the stances she's taken, the choices she's made would not surprise me one bit that she would have her her lackeys go in and purge those systems and, and clear that data, whether there's election laws or not. When when does that matter to to someone that's that's already breaking the law? So I, I would at this point, it's been what, six, seven months now. They could have had the data purged uh, and. <laughs> You know, after they got done with the counting, after Biden was put in, they could have purged the data February, February one. All right. Uh, I want to get to a couple pieces of audio here. I want to get to um, first thing I want to do is I want to get to Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary. She was asked about uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci and his role in funding the Wuhan lab in China. You look like you car screeching noise and then a car crash. That's that's what <laughs> I imagine was going on in her brain when she was asked that question. Yeah. Well, she was asked about this. And of course, it was uh, well, it was, the, you know, usual deflect and, and spin around and, you know, circle back and all the rest of it. She didn't know what to say. Now, it's been a matter of public record at this point that Fauci funded those labs. We know that. At the very minimum, there was somewhere in the neighborhood of around $3.7 million between him and Peter Daszak at the World Health Organization and the EcoHealth Alliance to fund those labs, along with, you can throw in American academia here because that's where the samples came from. That's where they got it. So that's a matter of public record. We told you about that a year ago. That's not breaking news. That's breaking news to the rubes out there, but that's not breaking news to anybody that's been paying attention. Anybody that's been paying attention. Fauci has been up there on TV for an entire year, grandstanding as this wonderful savior and been turned into this, this icon, this uh, sainted know-it-all of this thing, when in reality, he's responsible for this whole mess. He's not alone. But as far as the money trail goes, from what we've seen, and what we've been able to verify going all the way back to the Obama administration, you can pin it right to him. Now, 
Jen Psaki was asked by, I'm assuming this was not a mainstream news reporter. I'm assuming this was probably OAN or uh, or Newsmax or something like that. Fox News. Was it Fox News? Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess Tucker's been beaten up on Fauci pretty hard, wanting to know why he's not being grilled about uh, uh, the funding of the lab. But let's listen to what Jen Psaki was asked by this Fox News reporter. It's a matter of public record that Dr. Fauci and the NIH funded gain of function uh, experimentation research at the Wuhan lab of virology. And given the questions about that lab, why would Dr. Fauci in the U.S. fund that kind of experiments, that kind of research in a Chinese lab? The fun, I'm sorry, I can't hear you super well. What was the beginning part of your of your, thing, your, of your question? I said that the NIH and Dr. Fauci had provided funding to the Wuhan lab of virology. That's the lab, lab in question when we talk about the lab leak theory. And given that gain-of-function research is dicey, why would the U.S. fund that in China? Why would I'm, Dr. Fauci? I, I'm happy to send you to the NIH about more specifics of what program they funded and more details of that. Now, I, I do have one more follow-up on okay. that because the, the president hasn't really weighed in. Dr. Fauci is one of the voices who discredit the lab leak theory, but now there's more officials in the Biden administration, like the, the director of national intelligence, the CIA director, and now also the NIH director, who say that this cannot be ruled out, and there's calls for more investigation into it. Who does the president agree with, Dr. Fauci or the other officials? Does he think this it was a lab leak? Well, the president has said, and I've said from here many times, that there needs to be a credible, independent investigation uh, through the World Health Organization, <laughs> and that one that relies on data, relies on participation from China and other uh, countries that may have information. That's certainly something everybody has called for, and we look forward to that happening. Why hasn't the president spoken with President Xi about the origins of the coronavirus yet? He said in, uh, just a few weeks ago he hadn't yet. Uh, I think we have given a readout of his call and also that the president believes there should be an independent investigation led by health experts um, and one where their data is provided that's provided transparently to our medical uh, and science experts here in the United States. And we look forward to reviewing that. We're going to have to go on. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Emerald. I think you've had plenty of time today. She's had plenty of time to 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 beat up on her. Yeah. She now you you want uh, a full investigation with the World Health Organization. Mm, yeah, it's not going to happen. But yeah, go on. Quick uh, correction. Uh, I was thinking of a different video. Uh, I don't know that that reporter was Fox News or not. OK, uh, that was asking the question. Okay. I was thinking of a different video. OK, no problem. But you're looking forward to a, a, an impartial, non-biased investigation with the World Health Organization. Yeah. Through them. That's not how Dasik? Are you kidding me? He was the one that led the investigation to Wuhan. And he said on 60 Minutes, well, what more can we do? They weren't no. vetted. We we got we got all the answers we could get. And, you know, what more could we do? Did you go in the lab? No, no, we, we didn't. He just believed what they were told by China is what he said. So you expect to be having an impartial investigation and you're expecting China to reveal the information to you legitimately to give you that information? Uh, 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 yeah, not going to happen. As the reporter said, and she's not wrong. Like I said, we talked about it a year ago. And now all the big dogs in the in the podcasting realm and the uh, the radio realm, they're all coming out. Hell, even network television is now picking it up that Fauci funded those labs. That's not a secret. A year ago, that was a conspiracy theory perpetuated by a bunch of right wing nuts. Yeah, well, we weren't 
talking conspiracy theories, we weren't right-wing nuts. We were just telling you where the paper trail would lead you. And that's exactly where it led. The saint that Dr. Anthony Fauci was questioned by Senator Rand Paul on the Senate floor about this research. And he's cleared all this up. He's cleared all this up. He was flat out asked about the gain-of-function research, which is what gives it the ability to be so transmissible, for those that are wondering. And again, he he's answered this question. He answers it uh, several times, in fact, uh, just to make sure that he's clear on it. So let's listen to what he had to say to Senator Rand Paul. In the U.S., we have 11 labs doing it, and you have allowed it here. We have a committee to do it, but the committee has granted every exemption. You're, you're fooling with Mother Nature here. You're allowing super viruses to be created with a 15% mortality. It's very dangerous, and it was a huge mistake to share this with China, and it's a huge mistake to allow this to continue in the United States. And we should be very careful to investigate where this virus came from. I fully agree that you should investigate where the virus came from. But again, we have not funded gain-of-function research on this virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, you're, no matter how many times words, you're parsing you say words. it, there it was didn't research, There was research done with Dr. Xi and Dr. Barak. They have collaborated on gain-of-function research where they enhanced the SARS virus to infect human airway cells, and they did it by merging a new spike protein on it. That is gain-of-function. That was joint research between the Wuhan Institute and Dr. Barak. You can't deny it. Senator Paul, your time, time has expired. Dr. Fauci, I We'll let you respond to that when we need to move on. Excuse me? You're, I will allow you to respond to that, and then we'll move on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say, we I, I don't know how many times I can say it, Madam Chair. We did not fund gain-of-function <laughs> research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Thank Why? you. Yeah, right there. Uh, I, I, I like uh, Rand Paul's just matter-of-fact uh, snarkiness that he does. and that uh, Yeah, it's very, very endearing. And I'm not being facetious. I, I, I quite enjoy it. You cannot you, you cannot sit there and, and deny. I mean, he's under oath, is he not? When he's sitting there in front of the Senate committee, he's under oath. Yeah, it's supposed to be. At this point, I'm sorry, Sergeant at Arms, take that man into custody. That's what needs to be said. Honestly, at that point, yeah, because we have the financial records. They gave millions. The saving grace there that that might be that he technically speaking, they didn't give funds to the Wuhan lab, technically, because they gave it to a... They ran it through EcoHealth Alliance. Yeah, it was a grant to EcoHealth. Yeah. And then they gave the money to Wuhan lab. So it it technically is right. But when you get down into how it really happened, no, you, you guys did. And you knew it. And he's talking about that's that's actually more horrifying for those that don't know what what Senator Rand Paul said. And by the way, Rand Paul is a doctor. He knows exactly what he's talking about. He understands viruses. When he's talking about Fauci toying around with viruses, giving it gain of function with a 15 percent mortality, 15 percent. Do you know what that means? The mortality of this virus is what? It's like 0.15. 0.15. Imagine 15. Imagine that. 0.15 is what. SARS-CoV-2 is. They're toying around with viruses, giving it gain-of-function research with the Chinese Communist Party with a 15% mortality rate? How is this man not in prison for the rest of his natural life, along with everyone else that he's working with? How? How is that not treason in the United States of America? Not to mention the fact that that's a violation of the Biological Weapons Convention that all countries signed on to. Yeah. The word you said there is treason. That's exactly my feeling on this and opinion. Yeah, but... 
But because we're on the right, uh, calling for treason, that can that uh, that will actually get us canceled. You, you can't actually you know, cancel. I'm not for, actually for that on the right. I, the left I hate, can do that. It's fine. Oh, I, I hate this this left right whatever. I, I can't stand it because I, I tell you I know, what, I'm tired of it. Do you know what, Do you know what the biggest problem right now? And I know we were talking about the the election audit. You know what the biggest problem is right now that we're seeing in other states that want audits. The citizens want the audits. The citizens want it. Do you know who doesn't want the audits? For, forget the state Democrat Party. It's the state Republican parties that don't want the audits. And there's a reason for that. There's a couple of reasons for that. One is the reason that they're giving, which I think is ridiculous. The reason they're giving is, well, we like seeing Joe Biden in office because that's going to help us get reelected. That's the reason they're giving in these states, the state senates and the state house representatives and all that stuff. That's the reason they're giving. The reason I think, along with that... The reason I think is because those audits are probably going to show that those people aren't even elected, in my humble opinion. But you know what? I don't care about Republican, Democrat. As Bruce said the other day, we need to secure the integrity of the electoral process. If it's Democrat, it's Democrat. If it's Republican, it's Republican. I don't care. But it needs to be free and fair, damn it. That's what it has to be. And that's not what this is. And you Republicans, just so we're clear that I'm not biased here, you Republicans that are holding this up in these other states, these audits, because you're playing political football. All you're doing is you're prolonging the inevitable. If you think you're going to stay in office, you're showing us exactly who needs to be gotten rid of. Republicans are guilty of help donate to my reelection fund and I will continue to fight Obamacare. And then when they get power, what do they do? Oh, we, we can't change it. We, we have to make our own Republican care. No. You're just the same as Democrats. That's all I got to say. We're 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 not on the exclusive, so just yeah. sigh. That's all I just got. Hold it for Saturday. We'll, we'll we'll cut loose on that one. Anyway, all right, we're out of time today. I was wanting to kind of go a little bit shorter today. I actually had another clip of Fauci talking about. Well, we're just gonna have to wear masks uh, every winter now because that'll get rid of the flu. But we'll play that tomorrow, so we'll we'll get around to that. He's probably right though. Yeah. I, I don't think the American people have, have it within them to, to resist. Yep. Along with other countries. True. All right. We are going to have to go. So thanks for being here today, Bruce. For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. You get all of our podcasts we put out here every day. You'll get access to our news feed and you'll also get access to our exclusive podcast we put out once a week. Join Telegram. Get signed up to it. Search for us when you get there. Search for Dynamic Independence. We're a public channel. We will pop right up. And when you click join, you'll be subscribed to us there. You'll get all of that content. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you can give us a rating when you get a chance, that would be great as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.